0: Hey, Sam. Hi, Bev. How's it going? Happy Easter. Happy
1: Easter! Yay! Yay. Beer before noon on Easter.
0: That feels a little sacrilegious, perhaps. Um, no.
1: At the last supper, Jesus said, drink this in remembrance of me. So, and it was wine, I think.
0: (laughs) So we're just drinking beer. (laughs) So it's not sacrilegious. <laughs> well, I'm drinking a raspberry ale, so that kind of counts as wine, right? That sounds delicious. Sort of. Where is that from? It's from Dark Horse Brewery, hmm. which is in Marshall, Michigan. So yes. I believe this is another one that you brought me.
1: Um, Yes, that sounds correct. And I've been to that brewery before. Well, like their little like just their little store i didn't go into like the tap room or anything um they have some really good beers
0: yeah i'm excited about this one plus i love the art on it it's got like this i was gonna call it a cute little bee but he's not cute he's kind of an angry bee
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean sometimes people say i look cute when i'm
0: angry so (laughs) (laughs) fair enough and he's like heading towards a raspberry so i don't know i liked it it's it's cool artwork what are you drinking so
1: I was feeling inspired by one that you had a when we did the mini sewed with Chickens Matter. So I grabbed a Great Blake's Coffee-Infused Heart Cider. Mm. Um, and you had that, like I said, when we recorded a few weeks ago. And I actually had my very first Great Blake's Cider when I did painting with a twist on Thursday. And it was the Habanero Mango one. Mm. which was delicious so when i was at my favorite beer place yesterday i had to snag another great blakes because it is delicious um and i i do really like this this is a good one to drink before noon
0: yeah because it's like coffee flavored i should have totally grabbed a coffee beer um i didn't have any though or at least not any that i could drink we've got this really cool one it's called. Cinnamon Toast Brunch by, uh, oh shoot, what is it? Wolf's Ridge Brewing in Columbus. But my husband wouldn't let me open it because we're saving it to like drink with friends. And I'm like, we should have gotten three bottles of this because I really need to drink this on the podcast. (laughs) You need it.
1: You need it. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. (laughs) Yeah, it tastes
0: exactly like Coffee Kolsch, but a little more cinnamony. Yeah, so it's my like new favorite beer that I can actually get a hold of in Ohio.
1: You know, sometimes you just got to find a suitable replacement. Right? <laughs> but never replace me. Like, as no. I said that,
0: I was like, never replace me. <laughs> You're not replaceable. Never, ever, ever replaceable. <laughs> oh, Ugh. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things.
1: Yay! That's Bev over there.
0: And that's Sam over there.
1: And this is a farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for your ears.
0: We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life.
1: We want to create a community for farmers. Whether you have a hobby farm or a huge farm, we want you to come listen and to feel like you're not alone in this farm thing.
0: We keep it real with you and find humor in the mistakes we make, new knowledge we gain, and sometimes we go off on tangents that are non-farming related.
1: And speaking of those tangents, we sometimes record those and put them up on Patreon. So you can go listen to those BS sessions for free. Go to patreon.com slash farm and all listeners can go there and listen to those BS sessions
0: for free. And if you are one of our Patreons, you get access to some exclusive content, outtakes, funky things that Sam and I have recorded together. There's a whole mess of fun things out there. Plus, we send out some gifts to the $5 level and above people a few times a year. And I have the gifts for, what was it, end of March?
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: that's right. End of March, I have them. They're starting to get packaged up and they will get put in the mail on monday so you'll probably have them before this episode drops so i probably didn't need to tell you about it yeah well
1: but i mean you know just in case you know something happens and they're there on saturday oh fair just be
0: excited you know that they're coming and they won't think that we forgot about them because we didn't it just we have so many patreons now that it takes a little longer to package them up than it used to
1: we need an intern
0: (laughs) It's a good problem to have. I'm not complaining. I just, you know, have some grace for me. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm asking for.
1: <laughs> yes. And speaking of our Patreons, uh, this week's drinks are sponsored by Jessica Hawkins,
0: which is at It's Just the Hot Mess on Instagram, aka Bev's friend. Woo! That's right, Bev's oldest friend. Like. Like olden
1: years, or
0: (laughs) no, we've been friends since I was four.
1: Wow, that's commitment.
0: It is. It's like thirty-one years. Wow. Did I just? I totally aged myself. You did.
1: (laughs) If you're good at math, or even if you're just bad at math, you might be able to pull out a calculator,
0: (laughs) right, and figure out how old Bev is. I'm thirty-five. I have had a friend for three decades. That's crazy. I have never felt older in my entire life. Now I
1: don't. I don't think I have one of those. I because I grew up with my cousins. So... Well,
0: your cousins are usually your oldest friends. Yes, so that's normal.
1: But I have no non-relative friends from four years old.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in all fairness, it, it's hard to make friends as a four-year-old. Like, it's cause... hard to
1: make friends. Period. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's even harder (laughs)
0: to make friends as an adult, hence why we have this podcast.
1: Yes, and hence why I was so much like, okay, yes, the stranger from the internet wants me to do a podcast with her. Okay.
0: That sounds fun. Thank you for liking me, weird lady.
1: (laughs) Thanks for stalking me on YouTube and Instagram. Yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. (laughs) I think
1: it's worked out pretty well, though. So,
0: Yeah, I I think so, too. I I would agree with that. So... I have a corrections corner <laughs> on a corrections corner. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure this is the first time this has happened to us. Yes. It's episode 59, so it's hard to say. We've recorded, yeah. like, 59 hours of us just, mm-hmm. like, doing this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yes. cannot remember all of them. But anyhow, last week I was correcting myself <laughs> on I, – I had called – a a halter a bridle Mm -hmm. but during the correction corner last week i was calling a halter a harness which is not correct (laughs) yeah i mean thankfully i sort of self-corrected myself because i did correctly refer to it as a halter later on in the episode But it didn't matter during that whole like tirade about the differences between a bridal (laughs) and a halter. I said harness like no less than a dozen times. I'm positive.
1: (laughs) But you know what? I, again, just said, yep, I believe you, Bev. That sounds right.
0: (laughs) I mean, in all fairness, we had this conversation last night with some friends about how it doesn't matter what you say. As long as you say it with some authority, people are going to believe you unless they actually like know
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. In that exact
0: moment. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, in real life, I don't think I ever project confidence. So the fact that I do it on the podcast makes me feel pretty good about myself. (laughs) I'll take it. Yes, and
1: I believe somebody did, like, graciously kind of jump in on the group and say, "Um, Bev, I hate to do this to you, but it was funny because as soon as you started editing this, you, like, texted me like, damn it!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I came this close. You can't see my fingers, but they're, like, super close together. I came this close to just cutting the whole thing and doing the corrections corner over again this week. And then <laughs> I had just listened to our intro, though, about how we laugh about the mistakes we make and talk about the new knowledge we gain. And I was like, no, this is another one of those like good learning moments. I yeah. can't totally censor myself every time I make a mistake because that's not the point of this.
1: It's not authentic. <laughs> no, no.
0: It's yeah. not. Yeah, it's just like pretending that I know things that I don't. And I say the wrong words all the time. That's the thing about vocabulary. Like, words are weird.
1: Yes, <laughs> they are.
0: And halter and harness sound a lot alike. But anyways, a harness is the thing, like the full getup that you put on a horse or a donkey or whatever equine you happen to have, zebra. I don't know. There's a few different ones uh, to pull a cart. So there actually is a harness that is a thing.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Just not what we meant.
0: (laughs) Mm -mm. We meant halter. I got that right, right? Halter? Yes. Okay, good. We're Mm going to stop this before I start mixing the words up again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So how are things with Herc going?
0: (sighs) So... I wish I could pretend like things with Herc are all rainbows and sunshine all the time. Mm. Um, but I cannot. We are having some food aggression issues.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Yeah, and they have gotten so serious that he actually bit me the other day. Ow. <laughs> yeah, it, it hurt really bad. He's been he's been sort of mouthy and rude with me the last week. And I didn't really think anything of it. I'm I'm kind of a pushover in real life. So it's not surprising whatsoever that the donkey is, like, pushing me over. (laughs) He senses it. (laughs) He does. He totally senses it. And he figured out that when I'm going in there, like, in the morning and in the evening with a little scooper full of food, that it's something exciting and delicious that he really wants to get in on also.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. And thinking back on it, I should have realized that he was going to be smart enough to recognize that because, like donkeys don't require that kind of feed like they're totally fine just eating like grass or grass hay if there's not grass available Mm -hmm. but the goats require just a tad more nutrition especially if they're like lactating goats or pregnant goats so you need to you know like give them something a little more high quality and the grain is like good for energy and to get their rumens you know like doing its fermenting thing and whatnot Mm -hmm. not that Mm -hmm. it's super required for goats either but my goats are used to it. They're kind of bougie. <laughs> <laughs> so I do feed them twice a day. And Herc's been, like, nosing my arm. And I was like, kind of just, like, pushing him away. And then finally, he got so mad at me that I wasn't letting him in to eat that he just, like, reared back and bit me. Oh! <laughs> and luckily, I was wearing my Carhartt. So it didn't hurt super bad. But he chased me out of the of the pasture. Oh, my so when God. when he bit me, I was, like oh, my God, he just bit me. Like, is he going to hurt me even worse? So I just started running. And that's probably not the right thing to do either
1: because, of course, (laughs) he chased me. (laughs) You had your flight or fight
0: moment. (laughs) I did. And I was super embarrassed about it. Like, I got out and I was like, that was really dumb. All of those things were wrong. Like, I knew better than that. So Herc needs a little training. I need a little training. But, you know, when you get a new animal, I think – that that's kind of to be expected yeah like even something as easy as a donkey right I mean not that they're
1: well I wouldn't call it easy but I think it's it's I wouldn't call the animal easy I think it's easy to oversimplify their instincts and emotions sometimes it's like I've been bit by a goat before and that doesn't feel good I can't imagine being bit by a donkey and not really expecting it so I don't think you should be so hard on yourself you know for running out of there because it was your natural instinct to do that just like it was his instinct to bite you
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and I was just thinking to myself I was like wait easy wasn't exactly the word like he's an easy animal and that he doesn't require a ton of like care mm. he's not super picky yeah. like a horse yeah you know horses are like a little more more involved as far as their care goes yes but like all animals require some sort of like training or getting to know like they've got to learn how to behave right Mm -hmm. because otherwise like they get to just be their wild selves and do whatever the heck they want to which is nice but like he needs to have some manners
1: (laughs) yes he does
0: (laughs) so we're working on that he at least he lets me um halter him that's good like pretty easily which is yeah super great and uh so i've got it on him right now i leave it on during the day so that every time i go out there i can clip the lead rope to him so i, I can like teach him some ground manners so like get out of my personal space and stuff so i have to give a huge thank you to elise because she showed me or she recorded herself um making one of her horses give her some personal space and i realized that i was like totally doing it wrong when i was leading Herc around and stuff i was just giving him too much room and too much leeway So he could do whatever he wanted and he could like bully me around. Okay. But if I stay like at his shoulder and I keep my hand under his chin with like a good grip on the lead rope, then I can push his head away when he starts to go towards biting me. And Mm -hmm. I can use my body to like correct him and make him go the direction I want him to go. And then when he follows my instructions, I give him a treat and tell him how good he is and give him all sorts of positive attention. And because he's a donkey, he'll catch on really fast because he's smart. Mm Mm-hmm so that'll be nice plus he's getting gilded next week when i was doing some research on uh training donkeys a ton of stuff i came across just said don't bother training a jack oh really yeah i think it's because their hormones just have the ability to get the best of them Uh which kind of makes some sense so i'm still gonna keep working with them i mean it's Another well, yeah. like six days before he gets gilded, thankfully.
1: <laughs> right. And I don't think what you're doing now will be a total loss because at least then he'll be used to this kind of routine that you're creating. And yeah. then if he's gilded and that helps with the hormones, like, you know, it, I think it'll work itself out faster than you think.
0: <laughs> I think so too. So I'm looking forward to next week when that's all done and yeah I mean I'll obviously keep everybody up to date but I realized I had to share that because like on Instagram you know like it always looks like everything's like all easy and (laughs) right like everybody should get a donkey right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sam wants a donkey
0: (laughs) I mean donkeys are fun I think everybody should get a donkey but you have to like I have to be trained as well like it's not just him Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how to take care of equines. Like, it's totally different than dealing with a goat or uh, any other animals that we have here. So,
1: but that's just another good example of our group on Facebook just jumping in to help. You know, oh, I know. They're so awesome. That is just so cool. Yeah. So, plug to the group, go join it because you're just going to learn stuff. From other people that you probably don't necessarily need to learn but it's still kind of fun
0: it is i like knowing farm stuff for the sake yeah. of knowing farm stuff
1: <laughs> back on a saturday morning in july 2015 tina's family gathered around the family dog and opened a subscription box they ordered full of treats and toys later that day her eight-year-old daughter asked wouldn't it be cool if our chickens got their own box of treats
0: That question stuck with Tina and after some research, Henny and Roo was launched, or should I say hatched, in October of 2015.
1: Henny and Roo boxes make the perfect gift for you or the chicken keeper in your life. Each box includes poultry first aid items, a few other chicken surprises like treats or other things that can make your chicken keeping easier, and there is also a gift or two for the chicken keeper.
0: With each item being carefully selected by a chicken keeper and her family, you can feel good about being sent items that you and your flock will love.
1: Go to HennyandRue.com and use code DRINKANDFARM at checkout to get 15% off your first subscription box.
0: Okay, so I did something that is going to sound super crazy and weird if it's something that you've never heard of. Mm Mm-hmm. But I added some goldfish to the water trough to keep the water clean.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> and I was talking to my husband about this, and I, like, told him what we were going to talk about this morning. And he just looks at me when I told him this, and he's like, yeah, I knew that. And I'm like, how did I not know this? <laughs>
0: like, Well, I had never heard of it. Um, until when I went to go check out Herc at my neighbor's farm, he had mentioned it because we were talking about water because he has like a big creek kind of running through his pasture. Okay. So he does have some water troughs, but for the most part, unless it's like a really dry season, the creek is full of water. So the cows and the donkeys can go partake in that. Mm. But I don't have that here. Our pasture is totally dry. So all of our water has to be, like, put in in buckets or a giant trough. And the goats are fine with, like, a couple of five-gallon buckets kind of strewn around. Mm -hmm. And that's not enough for a donkey. Right. (laughs) So we had to buy, like, a real stock tank.
1: (laughs) Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, You moving on up in the world.
0: (laughs) I know, right? Um, The only thing is, is, like you know you, know, you got to keep a stock tank clean because they're mm-hmm. really big and heavy it's like dump over and clean out plus you create like this really giant muddy mess right unless you're gonna like drag it somewhere else to dump it and uh, i mean they're freaking heavy it yes. sounds hard yes it, <laughs> it sounds really hard <laughs> <laughs> so jared went and bought me some goldfish yesterday <laughs> And we put it in the stock tank, um, but you know, so before you go out and add a bunch of fish to your tank, there's definitely some things that you need to keep in mind about doing it. Okay. So we're going to go over some of those first before I like tell you all about how it's going. Okay. <laughs> the number one thing is that more fish don't equal a cleaner tank. Huh. So two goldfish in a 55 gallon tank is often plenty. If you put too many fish in the stock tank, It will lead to ammonia buildup, which is kind of like an unhealthy living environment for them, and nasty, grody, disgusting drinking water for your animals.
1: Totally fair.
0: Yeah. So not too many fish. (laughs) Right. And also, you have to ease your fish into their new home that is the stock tank. You know, you've ever heard that thing, like, don't just dump your new goldfish that you get, like, from the carnival into a bucket of water or to, like, shock them and kill them. Right. You got to like put the bag into the water, let their water inside the bag equal the temperature of the stock tank, and then let them free. The only problem with that is that if you have goats, your goats are (laughs) curious little MFers, (laughs) and they will grab the bag and try to take it out of the stock tank so they can play with it, (laughs) which is not good for your fish.
1: So how did you prevent that?
0: I had to just stand guard. (laughs) I seriously, I could not, I could not distract them with anything else.
1: Oh my God.
0: They saw that thing floating in there and they were insistent that it was something awesome for them and they wanted it. And they just kept like nibbling at it, which was kind of funny at first. And then I was like, if they puncture this bag, like it's not going to be good for the fish. Cause I asked my husband, I'm like, can I just puncture the bag so that it floats to the bottom? And then they'll get used to, you know, like the temperature and then I can cut them out. He's like, well, I'm pretty sure that that giant bubble of water or that giant bubble of air is in there so that they can live.
1: Oh. (laughs) Because,
0: you know, they need oxygen.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) Not that they like come to the surface (laughs) and like breathe. But like the oxygen inside the bag helps keep the water oxygenated, I think. I don't know. Science. Maybe.
1: Maybe. Maybe we'll <laughs> correct ourselves next week. We don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm sure someone will correct us if that's uh, yeah uh wrong. Maybe. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I guess I've never questioned why the bags weren't filled all the way before.
0: Yeah. I never have either. So hmm. it seems reasonable. No. Also you can't feed your goldfish if you feed the goldfish there's just going to be too much food in the stock tank for them and it's going to be all nasty and gross and mucky okay yeah i know it sounds super mean to not feed them um but they're perfectly fine living off of the algae that grows on the bottom of the tank and like little bugs and things kind of like fly into the water and get stuck they'll eat all that stuff okay they also eat mosquitoes and mosquito larvae
1: hooray Hooray! That is exciting.
0: Right? Yes. So it keeps your stock tank from becoming like mosquito breeding grounds. And for the best chance of fish survival, the water temperature should be at least 60 degrees. That's, I mean, so that's what the internet says. Our stock tank isn't that warm yet, and they're doing just fine. Good. And my neighbor says that... Uh his fish survive all winter when the stock tanks just like freeze over.
1: so does that debunk the whole air in the bag thing if it's iced <laughs> over?
0: I mean, maybe it that's totally possible i so something that I read on the internet said that they kind of hibernate during the winter when it gets super cold because like the water's really cold, so they're cold bredded creatures, so they're not moving around as much. yeah. So they might okay. not require as much oxygen, you know, like in the wintertime while they're not moving around, which hmm. perhaps that's how it goes. Um, but anyways, we can't let our stock tanks freeze over because like our animals need water to survive all winter. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to just like throw a little like pond de-icer in there or like a little heater of some kind to like keep the water moving and that'll yeah. keep it warm enough for the fish to survive. Um, Because another point that this article made was that when the fish are small you should take them inside before the first frost we're not going to do that
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I don't want to take care of goldfish inside the house all winter
1: and I don't mean to sound cool. and if somebody from PETA is listening they're gonna hate me but it's like if it does not go well it's a goldfish and it'll be pretty cheap to replace
0: yeah so. we got ours for two ninety nine for a dozen
1: oh wow
0: yeah <laughs> I mean, you can probably find them for cheaper than that, maybe, but that was what we ended up with, so we took it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll also want to add a couple of bricks or rocks into the bottom of the tank so that the fish have somewhere to hide and find shade, because, you know, like when the wild birds find out that there's fish in there, they might be hanging out around your stock tank to try to take the fish out.
1: <laughs> Touché. I mean,
0: hopefully the donkey will keep the wild birds away, but, you yeah, know. You Just never know. Just in
1: case. Just in case.
0: Well, and I'm imagining that, like, when the chickens are in there, if I ever do get around to putting the chickens inside the pasture the minute the chickens find out that there are goldfish that they can pluck out of the water they're gonna be lined up on the edge of the stock tank just like bobbing for fish (laughs) yeah
1: i was just thinking about that with ducks like if they ever like especially the muscovies because they'll perch (laughs) yeah (laughs) that would be difficult to uh figure out how to avoid
0: (laughs) yeah that would be super rough Mm -hmm. and uh Speaking of uh, keeping your fish's habitat reasonable for them, you also have to keep the trough filled regularly. So don't let the animals drink it down near the bottom before you refill it Mm -hmm. because, you know, your fish need oxygen and and room to move around. Yes. It's like adding another farm animal to your farm, but it's goldfish.
1: Yes, exactly. It's (laughs) another animal to manage.
0: (laughs) It is. It's another animal to manage. (laughs) And after a while, you might notice that your goldfish have multiplied, which just means they're thriving.
1: Interesting. I didn't even think of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it at least means that you ended up with some males and females and they're doing their thing.
1: Yeah. Which makes total sense.
0: Yeah, it totally does. So if you find that you have some extras, uh, this article recommended that you bring them in a tank inside uh, to have for backups. I don't want a fish tank. I don't know why. It's not like I'm anti-fish tank. It's just one more thing I have to keep clean and take care of. Yeah. (laughs) And another animal I have to remember to feed. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: You could always give the extras to the chickens as treats. I mean, I won't judge anybody for that.
1: No. See, that's when you do want ducks. But then you just want to make sure that they don't associate (laughs) that tank with with an ever-reproducing supply of fish
0: <laughs> yeah that doesn't seem like it would be good it's funny Aww. we had uh one of the fish died so we Aww. we have 11 left that's not so bad though I knew some of them would die right um but we forgot to buy one of those little like dip net scooper things <laughs> and I saw it is at the the bottom of the tank and I told my husband I was like uh uh-huh, I'm gonna wait until it warms up a little bit before I reach my hand in there and dig it out because <laughs> it's kind of cold yeah. and I didn't want to like Yeah. Go elbow deep. That's fair. (laughs) So that's what I'm doing this afternoon in case anyone's curious.
1: Yes. You'll have to let us know how that goes.
0: Yeah. And uh, the last thing you really need to keep in mind is never, ever, 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 ever put goldfish in a body of water that they can end up in, like, a creek or a stream or a lake or any other, like natural body of water that's like out in the public realm because they're super invasive
1: oh yeah there's that
0: (laughs) yeah and they get really big yeah and they live like for a ridiculous amount of time if they're well taken care of Mm -hmm. so like a wild goldfish population can just like totally take out an ecosystem
1: yeah so let's not do that
0: (laughs) yeah so don't do that keep them in a stock tank somewhere where like if it rains so hard that it overflows and fish get out they just you know end up flopping around in the mud right expiring rather than ending up in like a local waterway
1: yes
0: (laughs) so i already told you that i have 12 fish i I'm not really sure how big my stock tank is. I tried to like look on the labels and stuff, uh, and there isn't one on it that tells me, but I think it's around 40 gallons. So right now I have far too many fish in there. It's like gonna be like fish water world under there.
1: (laughs) I wonder though, like if I, it would probably end badly, but you know how, like for my chickens, I have the over the head nipple waterer things oh yeah i wonder if you could put some like a uh, goldfish in one of those Wow. Well, but then i'm afraid like that i'm just going to notice that the chickens are out of water and the poor fish is dead so that's probably not a good plan
0: yeah you're like what's that smell <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know definitely i yeah because i was trying to think what would i do with that many fish if i had an overabundance and nothing would work here other than just you know buying another stock tank
0: yeah, and that's totally possible. Like right now, we only have one stock tank. I would like to have more than one because you know we've got the five goats and we've got the donkey, and I'm hoping that the goats will multiply eventually. Yeah, and then who knows? I don't know. Maybe we'll get another donkey. I was asking my friend last night. You met Nate, our neighbor. He came <laughs> yeah. over and he's like, and he was petting Herc, and I was like, all right, Nate. Now that we've got Herc the donkey, what's next on the list? <laughs> and his eyes get like really big and excited, and he's like. <gasps> He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, a llama. And he's like, a camel.
1: Oh, my God. I feel like a llama is probably a little more attainable.
0: I think so, too. But yeah. Jared looked at him, and he's like, no, not a camel. <laughs> and he's like, how about another donkey? I was like, yeah, I could do another donkey.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: So we're already plotting for more animals. So yeah, oh, I that's guess. good. As they multiply, or as I end up with too many fish, I'll just move them to more stock tanks. There you go. Can't go wrong with that.
1: Not only are you doing it for the podcast, you're doing it for the sake of the fish to have a good life.
0: That's true, right? So it's like totally like altruistic. Yes. There we go. Um, yeah, so I have so many fish because I'm expecting several to not make it. I've already told you one didn't make it, but there's going to be more because while fish are super hardy, some of them are super not hardy. Correct. (laughs) So there's going to be a few more. Oh, yeah. They're not floating fish when they die. They sink to the bottom. I would have preferred it floated because I could have gotten it out a little easier, but you know.
1: (laughs) Easier to maintain.
0: Right. Um, And also, fish aren't that bright, and I've heard that they'll get curious and swim up to the surface when they see an animal put their mouth in to drink. So I'm expecting a few to just disappear.
1: (laughs) It's totally fair.
0: Yeah. And uh, my husband asked me, are they going to hurt the goats? Because, you know, like, goats are ruminant animals, so they're not meat eaters, Right. But people put these in their cow stock tanks and their ruminants. So I'm going to say oh. that it's going to be alright
1: Probably a little bit of fish Probably never hurt anybody Unless you're like allergic to fish
0: Yeah, And we'll find out if one of the goats Is allergic to fish, it'll be very sad
1: Oh well, yeah
0: <laughs> I've never heard of a goat with a Seafood allergy, but you know No There's always Always something new
1: <laughs> I'm sure that we've heard of goats With gluten allergies Before
0: Oh, that's true. I mean, I've heard of dogs with gluten allergies.
1: So, yeah. So, if they could be allergic to gluten, I mean, I don't know. It's totally possible.
0: Peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) And you can totally skip the fish and just sprinkle a little first Saturday lime in your tank to keep the algae down if you don't want to have another animal to take care of i really just did this like for fun and for the podcast because i wanted to talk about it <laughs>
1: and i mean this is like an easy thing to talk your husband into for the podcast the donkey took a while yes it did take a while but the fish that happened like within a couple days
0: <laughs> yeah it totally did well and it was so funny he texted me he's in town yesterday and he's like how many fish do you want and i was like It's kind of a small tank. Get me, like, five or six. And then he comes home with a giant bag of them. And he's like, they only came in dozens. I'm like, oh, jeez. I'm like, well, we'll put them all in there.
1: We'll have a little experiment.
0: We'll see what happens. So next week, I'll get to follow up on how the fish are faring. We'll see.
1: Should we take bets?
0: Yeah, we can take bets. I mean, I totally thought about naming them all so that we could figure out which ones would... They all look different. It was kind of insane. One of them looks like he has like a little mohawk.
1: Aw, how fun.
0: They're all a couple different colors. I'll have to take some pictures of them. I'll put them in the little swipey slide thing that we put on the Instagram about this episode. So you can check out our our newest animals.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we don't really have... A listener farm story this week but since we're recording on Easter Sunday we thought it would be interesting to continue the theme of donkeys <laughs> and talk about um why donkeys have that cross marking on their back
0: yeah this is super interesting and fun
1: So, Bev found this really great article that shares both, like, the religious and scientific thoughts on how the donkey got its cross on its back. And it turns out, like, nobody, like, for sure, for sure actually knows. But the article pointed out, you know, that you've seen donkeys in movies like Shrek. And, you know, there's a donkey in Winnie the Pooh. And sometimes they're cast as, like, unassuming, stubborn, and sometimes a little dimwitted. Um... Donkeys actually have a very rich history as real-life heroes of agriculture, town planning, and religion. So, yay for donkeys.
0: Yes. I mean, we knew they were special, right?
1: Yes. Obviously, because, like, we've been waiting for you to get one for over a year now. So. True, true. So, we'll start with the religious aspect. So, for those of you who might not know this story, I kind of knew it, but not in total like from beginning to end necessarily, but it is said that, you know, when Jesus was carrying his cross to the mount, a little donkey tried to help him, but couldn't get through the crowd. So when the crowd dispersed, the little donkey went up to Jesus and he stood behind the cross. And as the sun went down, the shadow of the cross fell across the donkey. And now every donkey has a cross,
0: which kind of just goes like,
1: Ah, whether you're yeah. religious or not, I think that's just kind of like a nice story.
0: Yeah, I I totally
1: agree. So the donkey is the actually the only animal in the Bible other than the serpent to speak, which if you're like a donkey talked, what the hell? Um, go to Numbers 22 or you can just Google like a donkey speaking in the Bible um, because I mean, I was raised as you know going to church and stuff and i didn't even know that story it's kind of cool so go google it if you're interested
0: yeah i'll have to google that too because i haven't heard of that one either and i totally was as well the donkey
1: like saves somebody's life because he's just present essentially but if you want more details definitely go look at it
0: okay i'm going to um and,
1: and you know the the donkey actually plays a significant role in more than one christian prophecy So donkeys have it going on. Um, It's also said that the use of donkey in the Bible is to help people understand that Jesus was normal, like a normal person. He wasn't, well, I wouldn't necessarily call him a normal person, but he wasn't (laughs) born into privilege. Um, And because the previous emphasis was always on like Jesus being, you know, God's son, it's a symbol to like show that he was like among the people and of the people. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, not only can you tie the donkey story back to, you know, the little cute little story we told in the beginning, it's also important to note that the donkey is used as Jesus's um, triumphant entry into Jerusalem the week before his, you know, resurrection. Um, but according to the prophecy of Zechariah, the King would come riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. So Jesus totally knew his audience the leaders of that day know that prophecy. And when they see him doing that, they probably shit themselves a little bit.
0: (laughs) Just a tiny bit.
1: (laughs) And Jesus actually tried to challenge the leaders of the temple before the crucifixion based on him riding in on a donkey. And it was after that, that he was arrested. And then obviously there was the death and resurrection. So also something that I kind of connected the dots to this morning when I was doing this research was that Mary may have rode around on a donkey from nazareth to bethlehem which is a 70 to 80 mile journey before she gave birth to jesus it's speculated that joseph would have wouldn't have been able to afford like a camel or a horse but could you imagine riding a camel when you're prego yikes i think i would have taken the donkey over the camel any day while i'm like ready to pop
0: I don't think I could have fit, like, you know, in between the humps on a camel when I was pregnant. Wait, do camels only have one hump or do they have two? I think
1: it depends on the camel, but you have a big hump in front of you. So either way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Either way, it's not going to be the comfiest of journeys.
1: (laughs) Right. So it doesn't, like, come out and say necessarily that, yes, Mary rode around on a donkey, but it's assumed because of their social, like, social determinants that yeah you know joseph wasn't totally broke he could afford a donkey but he couldn't afford like a fancy cart and horse situation or a camel
0: yeah that totally makes sense i mean we already talked about how horses are like totally bougier than donkeys oh for sure yep they (laughs) require just a little more maintenance yeah a little more high class
1: (laughs) so i think like i didn't i kind of knew the story with the whole cross shadow thing but in my mind Maybe in my own interpretation, I always thought of Mary riding the donkey and the cross symbolizing that, like, from beginning to end of, you know, Jesus's story.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I knew about that. I I knew about that as being one of the reasons for uh, why a donkey had a cross on it, but I couldn't remember what the story was, so I just, like, had no idea. Someone had asked me about it last week, why Herc had a cross on his back, and I just said it. I I think, like, one of the legends or stories behind it was that it's a it's a cross because Jesus used a donkey several times in the Bible, but I couldn't remember what the story was exactly. And I actually really like that cute little story. I thought it was really sweet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there might be some potential scientific reasoning as well as to why the donkey has those kind of stripey marks on its back.
0: Yeah, uh, so the mystery of the donkey's cross is a lot less symbolic in the scientific realm. I mean, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) The researchers believe that the same gene that causes a camouflage coloring in modern horses is behind the stripes on the coats of several other animals in the horse family. So, like, different kinds of zebra, the kulan. Did I pronounce that animal right? I don't
1: kulan. even know what a kulan is.
0: I don't know either. I'm going to have to Google a kulan. Uh Donkeys and modern horses separated from each other about three million years ago. And their common ancestor most likely had some sort of striping or banding. Because, like... You have the full range from the zebras that are striped all over, and then there's the Somali like wild asses, which have a dorsal stripe and banding on their legs, and then you also have the donkey, which has the dorsal stripe and the shoulder stripe. So uh, one of the researchers said that the evidence was not yet concrete, and research has predicted that these primitive markings could have played a role in camouflaging, because they say that if you're standing in the bushes, it's harder to see if you've got stripes on. Fair enough yeah fair enough
1: you know when i wear stripes sometimes it's not super flattering though so you know i'm a fan of anybody that can pull off stripes
0: yeah when i wear stripes i always like to think no one can see me
1: right or sometimes i feel like i'm in prison <laughs>
0: i feel like black and white <laughs> or sometimes i feel like you can see me too well because i don't look all that great oh. in stripes either. <laughs>
1: Oh, and and I did happen to Google um, what a kulon is, and it is a Turkmenian Kulan. Um It's a it's a wild donkey, essentially.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yes. So now we know what that is. It's a. <laughs> it says it's an Asiatic wild ass.
0: I mean. And- I'm not going to lie. I was totally expecting to make more ass jokes now that I have a donkey. And so far, I've managed to like keep it down just a tad.
1: Because you could have like said when he bit you, he was such an ass.
0: Oh, I totally could have. Instead, I called him a jerk face. Yeah.
1: You know, well, when you have kids around and stuff, you, you kind of got to edit it. Like, even the ass jokes might be a little much.
0: That's true. See, Orion's 13, so he knows that another word for donkey is an ass. So he was, like, kind of testing those waters a little bit when we first got him. And we're like, hey, hey now.
1: I can see that. That was kind of a funny joke. Hey now.
0: Oh, it was.
1: And Sam's almost finished her beer, and everyone can clearly tell.
0: I love it when I'm funny, and I don't even know it.
1: (laughs) And I'm just around to point out when you're funny so you can't know it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Coop Camp dates have been announced June 7th through 9th. The link is in the show notes. That is coming up. Holy crap. (laughs) Which means that we kind of need to get our shit together and like write our our workshop. We're teaching a workshop there in case you didn't know that. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. So you should come see it because we're not even (laughs) ready for it.
1: No. make sure you take our survey the link will be in the show notes it's a way to give anonymous feedback to us that which is always super helpful and we have implemented some of it so i mean don't be an ass but tell us how you feel
0: (laughs) (laughs) and join our facebook group also a place where you're not allowed to be an ass
1: yes and review us in all of the places. Um, we have taken to reading reviews occasionally on the podcast. So if you review us on iTunes, we might read it. And if you really don't... And if you really like us, download the episode when you listen. And hit that subscribe button because those numbers really
0: help us as well. And we sell merch. Uh, there will be a link to both of those shops in the show notes. We have a regular shop uh, on our website and then we also have a shop somewhere else where they make like cool t-shirts and hoodies and tank tops and camping cubs and all sorts of sweet things yes
1: and we have a hashtag use hashtag drink and farm on instagram anytime you are drinking something you love and farming safely we share them every tuesday and thursday and we'll probably maybe start posting a bunch in the stories too like we did this past week so this is your community we want you to share it with each other
0: yeah so thanks for listening guys we really appreciate you
1: yeah and this was a fun episode so we hope you enjoyed it
0: very lighthearted, and once yes. again uh bev and sam worked on easter yes i mean i don't know if we can call this working but <laughs>
1: Also, I don't know if we can call it lighthearted since we did mention the crucifixion. That's kind of dark.
0: Well, but it is lighthearted because he was resurrected.
1: Yes. Zombie Jesus Day. (laughs) Right? Cheers.
0: (laughs) So drink. Farm. And And give give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye.
1: farm babes! we
0: drink in farm things pamper your chicken from beak to toe with messy mildred spa products
1: messy mildred offers organic chicken shampoos and salty egg bath bombs to keep your flock so fresh and so clean
0: messy mildred products allow you to pamper your egg layers and on the outside with natural and earth-friendly ingredients that have no synthetic fragrances or colors
1: And I found a fun fact about Messy Mildred products. It was the spa product go-to for a Broadway hen in New York City that appeared in the play once on this island. So bathe your chickens in what the stars of Broadway's
0: deem worthy. Ooh, so fancy. Mm -hmm. So go to MessyMildred.com and buy your chicken shampoo in lemongrass, lavender, or tea tree oil today. And don't forget to snag one of those salty egg bath bombs, too.